previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. I remember reading when I was in high school. This is something I've never forgotten. I don't even know if it's true. But I read that the suicide rate is significantly higher in these northern I mean, climes. it makes sense. Uh, it's never any dark sense. all the time. Yeah. The Scandinavian countries, Iceland, places like I mean, that, Greenland. Uh, growing up in Connecticut, I, which is not Norway, <clears throat> no. I distinctly There's remember. There's a sign when you get, it says the nutmeg state, yes. not Norway. It's true. There's a lot of confusion about that. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. We are guest loaded today. So we're putting a guest in the opening segment. Booger McFarlane will join us right now in the opening segment. And I'm going to remind Booger of something he said a couple of weeks ago. Tennessee had lost a game. And I said, you still love Tennessee? And he said, yeah, I still love Tennessee. Well, Tennessee lost another game. And they lost a game to Pittsburgh in which their quarterback, now in the last four games maybe, uh, Ryan Tannehill, he's got two touchdown passes and six interceptions. They appear to really miss... Derrick Henry. And all you have to do is watch Indianapolis to know what it's like to have a great running back. So my first question for you, Booger, is do you still love Tennessee or have you gotten off that bus and do you love someone else? You know what, Tony? I mean, it would be so easy to jump off that bandwagon, but I'm not going to do it. And wow. to your theory, well, to your theory about them missing Derrick Henry, Tony, they rushed for 200 plus yards against the Steelers. The only reason they lost that mm-hmm. game against the Steelers was because they turned the football over four times and okay. really five because they turned it over on downs on, on the last possession of the game. So, yeah, it doesn't look good. And I think the easy thing to do is say, yeah, we need our bell cow back. We need Derrick Henry. Yeah. He gives us the intimidation. But if you look a little deeper, kind of like uh, the princess and the frog, if you just look a little deeper, then, then, then you can see that they are running the ball really well. They just turn the football over. If they don't turn it over, and I think they're going to get Derrick Henry back also. He may not come back uh, in, in the next week or so, but I do believe by the time they get to that first postseason game, they'll have Derrick Henry. And I think this team will be motivated uh, regardless of who they go against. And I'm still on the bandwagon. That's, it's interesting. Um, they are playing uh, tomorrow night. They got the Thursday night game. They're home against the 49ers. The 49ers are a road favorite. Minus three and a half for the 49ers. Two or three weeks ago, this would have been, that's not the line. There's no way that that's the line. People are beginning to jump on the 49ers and jump off Tennessee, as you're well aware. It seems to me, if there is such a thing as a must game, Tennessee must win this one. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong on that. I think you and I are sharing a brain on that one. I I think if they get the 49ers, you got to feel really good about the last two. Uh, and so now you got Tennessee. If they get this 49er game, I think they're going to wind up being 12 and five. They'll be 12 and five. They'll win the AFC South. They'll host a playoff game, and I think they'll right. get Derrick Henry back. So uh, it, it, it's amazing how this time of year things change week to week. Remember, a couple of weeks ago we were all in on Buffalo, like Buffalo is yeah. the best thing, and then all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden Buffalo lose to the Bucks. They they lose to the Patriots, and all of a sudden now we're questioning whether or not Buffalo can even make the postseason. So. This is a week-to-week referendum on these teams, Tony, coming down the stretch. I just know this. There, there are a couple of teams on the AFC side that are playing really well right now. Kansas City, who's won seven in a row, and the Colts. Those two teams are playing yes. well. Everybody else is kind of limping down the stretch. No, I agree with that. What about in the NFC? Do you, are, is, are the Packers better than everybody else, or is it just not a year where you can say that? Well, I think the Packers are playing better than everybody else, and I think the Packers feel like they need home field advantage. Um, and their fans want home field advantage because they don't think that anyone can come to Lambeau a second right. year and beat them the way the Bucks right. did last year. And I don't necessarily agree with that because I think when you have a guy who's played in all kinds of inclement weather, who's been in all kinds of situations like a Tom Brady, if the Bucks get in a situation where they have to go back to Lambeau again and the Bucks are relatively healthy, minus Chris Godwin, then, yeah, I, I think Tampa can go in there and do what they did last year. However, right now, Tony, I think the Packers are clearly the favorite based on the way they're playing, based on the quarterback, based on his motivation. And more importantly, their defense is better this year, even though the last couple of weeks they've been leaking oil. Overall, their defense is better this year as a whole than it was last year. It's interesting what you say about Brady, because he can, because he won in New England for all that period of time. But yeah. you lose Godwin, and now you've lost Fournette for the regular season at least. I don't know 
you know, I don't ever know if, if these prognostications about how quickly somebody gets back, if, if they're sort of optimistic or pessimistic. But this is what happens. There's attrition. Right, Booger? I mean, you, and now they're playing 17 games, not 16 games. There's one more game, which is another opportunity for important people to get hurt. Right? You are a player. That, that happens as the season goes on, doesn't it? 100%. And on top of that, Tony, I think that if you're a head coach and you didn't prepare for your players to play 17 games, and shame on you. And here's what I mean by that. Let me, let me break this down for the listeners. So yeah. during an NFL season, players usually play a certain amount of snaps. Let's call it, uh, if, if, there's, if there's 16 games and you're playing 50 snaps a game, let's call it, what is it, 800 snaps. So if, if, if you're playing 800 snaps, Tony, and that's for a 16-game uh, schedule. Now, what I would do is I would try to plan for my player to play 800 snaps in a 17-game schedule. What does that mean? That means instead of playing 50 snaps a game, I'm going to just take four or five plays off of him. So instead of playing 50 a game, he's going to play 45. And so that, that's what I mean by coaches – should have done should have did this at the beginning of the season we're going to build in the 17th game by taking a few snaps per game off each player and i think those four or five players don't plays don't sound like a lot but in actuality it's a, an entire game throughout the course of the season so hopefully players uh, and coaches did that if they didn't i think you're going to see some guys just you know just a war of attrition their body's going to break down and they're going to get hurt you better do it for 17 soon because it's going to 18. Nobody in his <laughs> yeah, right mind doesn't know it's going to 18. It's going to 18. And that's more stress. I think they'll probably let you carry more players. But it's more stress on coaches. And if coaches want to win every single game, some coaches would be smart enough to say, well, we're not going to win every single game, so let's not put max effort out there every single game. Where do you stand, Booger? Uh, we've had postponements this week. We had uh, – and, and as a result, for example, Washington – playing at night well four teams playing at night then go to play sunday and if you're on the road like washington is that's a little bit more difficult that's a hard thing to do where are you on the postponing of games do you think that was the wise decision or again you're a football player the philosophy of next man up all football players have that i think football players don't like postponements but you tell me no they don't like postponements unless they're dire situations and when when you are down seven, eight, nine starters because of the COVID protocols, those are dire situations. And, right. you know, w w would I rather uh, next man up if a guy is injured? Absolutely. But COVID is not an injury. COVID is a medical issue that's affecting our entire country. So that's a little bit different. So I think the players, because of the, the health concerns, because of how it's affected our country, mm -hmm. I, I think the players understand that, and, and they will change their mentality from next man up to put us in the best position where, where our season and our team won't be compromised. And, and I think players have adjusted to that, and I think that's, that's what the NFL should do. So if, if a team is minus 10 starters, then is that team really playing if you put them on the field? No. Uh, that team's going to be a shell of themselves. So I think the NFL did the right thing. Hopefully they'll continue to do the right thing. That's an interesting comment because I think that the next man up culture only exists in football, not in baseball, not in basketball, not in hockey. They play many, many more Why games. Why is that, Tony? Because of the amount of games and the regularity of the games. Football is a once-a-week game, and, and everybody understands that at any point, at any random play, somebody could be gone for the rest of the season. So everybody, I think, is more in tune to that, and I would think it is a culture change. You know, I, I'm interested in what you say, because you're saying the players will accommodate it, and, and in my mind, it's like, whoa, we don't really want this. It's interesting. Well... Well, the, the players may not want it, but Tony, yeah. this is not just the hamstring or yeah. shoulder or foot. Yep. This is a pandemic in which we cannot oftentimes see um, see if somebody has it. Like the only time right. we really know if someone has it is based on the symptoms. So this is different than hey, I have a hamstring, go rehab. The next guy come up. Like this is a worldwide pandemic that's affecting everyone, not just athletes. So. A hamstring may affect me or you. I don't even know if you have a hamstring, but it, no, it may affect old. us athletes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And, and so <laughs> we, we can deal with that. But this whole pandemic has is, is, is taught us that we have to look at things a lot differently. Uh, let me get to a couple of rules. Tom Brady says that you should be penalized hitting wide receivers. All quarterbacks would take that position, obviously. But there are penalties for hitting people in the knees, even on the offensive and defensive lines, I believe, certainly hitting quarterbacks. 
Where are you on Brady's proposed rule change? And clearly, this comes out of the fact that he lost Chris Godwin, but that doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It's a great idea, Tony, because if you look at the letter of the rule, I mean, we're always talking about player safety. Well, there's a rule right now that, that, that says, hey, I'm going to protect a defenseless player. Yeah. And, Tony, just think about this, or if you're listening, think about it this way. If I'm looking forward and somebody comes behind me and hits me in my knees, I can't see them. So am I defenseless? Absolutely. So what's the difference in protecting a defenseless receiver from a head or neck hit if you can't protect them from a uh, knee or a hit to the lower body? I think we have to go back and look at the strike zone. Where, where should these guys be hit? And I think most players would rather be hit high. And I get why the NFL doesn't want, them, doesn't want players hit high because of the concussion lawsuit and right. all that thing. And I get all that. But from a player point of view, Tony, every player I talk to says this. Hit me in the shoulder, hit me in the neck, because I can recover from a concussion. What I cannot recover from, or it's going to take a long time, like a Chris Godwin, it's going to take a year, is when my knee gets blown out. And so, yeah, Tom Brady is right. If the receiver is defenseless, meaning he cannot see the hit coming, yeah, they need to be protected, Tony, because, again, by the letter of the rule, we're already protecting defenseless players. And if you look forward, you can't see what's coming behind you. So that person is defenseless. Drives me crazy. Wilbon hates Brady so much that he says Brady's just whining. Brady's obnoxious. Brady shouldn't have his rule. And I say, Mike, it's a fair rule. And he goes, no, because it's Brady. I'll move on to one other rule that I don't like. I don't like the pass interference rule in the NFL in the end zone. I just think it becomes part of the strategy. Just heave the ball 35, 40 yards and get the ball on the one because there's pass interference on every play. I prefer the college rule. You watch both games, college and pro. Where are you on PI, you know, down at the end zone? Well, I I think there need to be levels to everything, just like there needs to be levels to targeting. Uh, In the college game, I don't think guys should be thrown out for targeting unless it's an egregious, uh, blatant hit. Then you throw a guy out. I think if it's just incidental contact, I don't think a kid should be thrown out of the game. There was a kid from Kent State, I think, yesterday, who he was a senior. This was his last game, and he was thrown out in the third quarter. I think that's unfair, mm-hmm. especially for incidental contact. As far as the NFL PI rule, Tony, here's what I'll say. It should be levels. So if a guy is wide open and he's going for a touchdown and somebody just jumps on his back and you know it's a blatant right. PI call to stop this touchdown, yeah, you put the ball spot of the foul. If this is one of those ticky-tack calls where it's an underthrown ball and the guy jumps back into him, and if this is in on contact, give them a the 15-yard penalty and move on. Because I agree, some penalties are worse than others. However, it, it, it's a subjective call. And I don't know how much subjectivity we want to give to the reps because there's already a ton when it comes to holding, when it comes to other calls that affect our game. And so the level of subjectivity, subjectivity that I would give to them, to me, uh, needs to be talked about. But I do agree, there needs to be levels to P.I., as there is levels to personal fouls and targeting in college football. Good. We're on the same page. Thank you. Have a great holiday. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Booger. Anytime, TK. Have a good one. Merry Christmas to you and the fellas, man. Right. Booger McFarland, boys and girls, we will take a break. We will come back with maybe James Carville. No word from James yet this maybe morning. Maybe James Carville and probably Jeff Ma. <laughs> yes. Well, we don't know. And Carville had a good week. He, he was did. four and two. Yeah. He won two bowl games. Nobody even heard of these bowl games. Carville won them. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Simply Safe read. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals, 40% off their award-winning home security. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe: indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. And you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes, even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. And if you don't have one, that's a great price. You'd be a dope not to do this. So take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting Simply Safe. Dot com slash Tony. I remind you again, simply is spelled S-I-M-P-L-I. SimplySafe.com slash Tony. One more time, that is SimplySafe.com slash Tony for 40% off your entire system. Don't be an idiot. Use the code. 
You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. It's a song called I Love It. Let me read the letter. My name is Madison Lockwood, a.k.a. Mads. Last month to celebrate my 19th birthday, I released my very first EP of original music. I wrote, recorded, mixed, sang, and released it myself from my home studio with the help of a friend who mastered it and my dad who played guitar on it. A friend mentioned your show to me. I thought I'd go for it and send some of my work in to you. I'm from a small town, Portland, Michigan. Just graduated high school. I'm now a college student along with becoming a real estate agent. This kid's got a lot going on. <laughs> she does. The EP is called Hollow Hearts. This song is called I Love It. How do these kids do this? It's, it's unbelievable. I was not doing this, you know. <laughs> it was coming out How of... How do these kids do this? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I guess Lennon and McCartney, when they were 19, were doing this. Sure. And I always think back to, like, you I know, guess. Stevie Winwood when he was, like, yeah. 16. He's <laughs> give me some loving. Yes. Mads. Mads. Name. Mads. He plays in Jeff Ma of Bet the Process. Jeff and Rufus. Jeff on a bit of a slide lately. One and four two weeks ago. Two and three last week. But 43 and 32 overall. So you're making money. And even though he picked the Jets and I laughed at him, he, you won with the Jets. You didn't win with Chicago, but you won with the Jets. You want to you wanna think, recap that week for us, what went wrong? Because you took, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, you took four underdogs and a pick. Four underdogs. Yeah, I mean, we talked about last week that the biggest determinant of um, you know who wins games is turnovers. The problem is it's pretty hard to predict turnovers, and I kind of made the joke that you know, you can when Carson Wentz is playing, but the three yeah. games I lost were really all just because of turnovers. It was, you know, the Patriots turning the ball over and um, getting a blocked punt. Uh, it was the Bears and Justin Fields turning the ball over, and it was mm -hmm. Tennessee in a game that, you know, Pittsburgh did really nothing offensively, just turning the ball over sort of inexplicably. And so, um, you know, that, again, like when, when things were going really well for me, there was probably a fair amount of turnover luck. And now that things are going not quite as well, you know, I'm on the other side of that luck. And that, that's ultimately why, you know, even when things were going really well, I was very, very uh, even in saying, like, you know, just, this doesn't mean that I'm, I've, you know, right. found uh, Jesus or the Holy Grail or something like that. And all of a sudden I'm the Nostradamus and could predict games better than anyone else. So this, this is a long slog. The end of the year, you hope that you're, you know, ahead um, from a financial standpoint. So hopefully, we can keep it going. My feeling about turn it, it around, I guess. Yeah, of all your Sorry. games last week, I was rock solid with you on Tennessee as a pick over Pittsburgh. I was very surprised by that game. Yeah, I mean, again, they were up what two scores in, in the first half and looked completely dominant, and then you know a few turnovers and kind of conservative offense turns the game around. And, and Pittsburgh still has a very good defense. Um, that's clear. And, you know, Roethlisberger is sort of like playing that role of, of you know, just trying not, trying really hard not to make mistakes and use his sort of like veteran savvy to help them win games. But, I mean, I, I can't see them doing anything in January. Oh, I, I agree with you. But what do you got for us this week? All right, we're going to start with a couple of quick NFL games, and then we'll go to the college, which I know you guys are yep. uh, wanting to, to be wanting to pick. So I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati minus the two and a half. Um, you know, was impressed with what they did on the road, and generally, just you know, however Baltimore's doing this, hanging on by a thread with you know that the trouble they have in the secondary. Huntley certainly played really well last week, and you know. Harbaugh and the analytics and everything, everyone's giving him so much crap. But, you know, I think ultimately he's just still a great coach. And so, but I don't think he has enough talent here. And I think this is a game that Cincinnati, um, you know, if they really have arrived this year and are better, need to win and will win. Um, and only two and a half, I like them here at home. Okay. I'm going to take the Saints minus the three against Miami. Miami is a team we've talked about that we were looking to bet on. But, the market has certainly caught up with them. And, um, you know, like I talked about New Orleans last week, having still a great defense. And, um, you know, that's why I like them with all those points against Tampa Bay. They certainly proved me to be correct. I, I, in that, on that instance, obviously their offense only scoring three field goals and Taysom Hill and whatnot. You know, I, I think they were conservative and they did what they needed to do and they, they wanted to get out of there with a win. And I think here, 
they will have the ability to score more points against this Miami defense, and I see them winning this game by more than three points at home. Are you at all surprised that Miami's won like six or seven in a row and they're they're a, a, not the favorite, they're getting points? Are you surprised at that? Um, I'm not, um, because I, I, okay. I think that New Orleans is a team that the analytics um, people have liked all year because of how good their defense is. And, you know, okay. Lee Rufus has had them rated pretty highly. Um, he doesn't like Taysom Hill from an analytics standpoint, but I, I do think that this is one where the reaction from Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay game to, to now makes it such that this doesn't make sense to me, this line. I, okay. I actually think New Orleans, again, like that, I do like New Orleans. So. Okay, what else? Uh, on the college, I'm going to yeah. take one game um, that isn't on the in the playoffs, and it's sort of an interesting game. It's Clemson versus Iowa State. Um, a lot of these earlier bowl games, um, the the trick is to sort of predict motivation and what team is going to be more prepared. And you'll read and hear a lot of these narratives, and obviously it's, it's almost impossible to actually predict. Um, but but a lot of this is in prep, and they'll say, like, oh, on game day this team was really ready. But, no, it's, it's in prep. There's, like, three, four weeks for these teams to prep, and, and that's sort of the difference. And while I do think that losing both coordinators is going to be a big deal for Clemson, um, I think in this instance and with the team and the season that Clemson's had, I see them being incredibly motivated and, you know, really wanting to sort of, like, leave with a win. Um, you would, you know, the other narrative would be, oh, Clemson's always playing in the playoff, and now they're playing in a – mediocre bowl game though i mean i believe it's going to go the opposite way and clemson will try to you know come out and win this game the especially the younger guys that you know want to prove that clemson is still an elite team what is the line on that what are you giving Um, what do you give what do you uh, give if you take giving just giving one point yeah okay wow yeah i like i love clemson with that line wow one point that surprises me okay what else what about the playoff games uh, I'm going to take Georgia minus the seven and a half, and then also the over 44 and a half in that game. Um, you know, again, this is a little bit of an overreaction to the Alabama game. I think that if this game had been, you know, if you take out the Alabama game, which obviously you can, right. but it is only one game, Georgia should be favored by double digits in this game. Um, so I like them. You know, I think from a talent perspective, just much better than than. Michigan and mm-hmm. um, in a situation obviously too this is what we had talked about with the Georgia Alabama game where a lot of these sort of elite defenses when they play much better offenses now all of a sudden these totals are depressed but they should be much higher in the games that tend to be much higher scoring so this line I think started at 30 sorry 42 and a half or 43 and it's gone up to 44 and a half I still like the over here so I'll, okay. I'll take Georgia and the over all right. And then I'm actually going to take Cincinnati plus the 13. Um, there was hope by Rufus and I. We talked about it on Bet the Process that this line would go to 14. It was teetering at 13 and a half, and we were all kind of waiting for it to go to 14. It looks like at this point it may not, but if you are going to bet Cincy, I would wait because I don't think it's going to go down. Um, I think if anything, it will go up. Um, but I will take Cincinnati plus the 13 here. Um, again, a little bit of an overreaction to the Georgia game. Where people all think Alabama's back, and, and since he is a, is a is a is better than the t- typical you know group of five team that makes it uh, that makes a run. I'm I'm seeing it at thirteen and a half. So if you'd like the extra half point, oh, yeah. you know, take take the thirteen and a half. Absolutely. I mean, if a monkey's going to offer me thirteen and a half, I'll take it. <laughs> monkey had a real bad week. Monkey was bagled yeah. last week. Zero yeah. and three. Bad, bad monkey for the monkey. Bad week. All right. Thank you, Jeff, and our best wishes for the holidays to you and to Rufus, and again, urge people to get Bet the Process, go get that podcast, and learn how this works. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, happy holidays, guys. Yep. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. So we have James Carville. So as we began that conversation with Jeff, I, I did get a text from James that said, I am here. So I believe Sean is, is calling him as we speak right now. Okay. So it's, you never know. Just <laughs> know with never James. Know. Can I just read one thing before we get to? Of that? course. This is from Jeff Piggott. As we near the end of 2021, it seems a proper time to recognize Mr. Leroy Battle, who we called Roy Battelle of Roy Battelle and the Altones, who would have turned 100 this year on December 31st. 
Longtime lead- Littles know him as the leader of Roy Battelle and the Altones, the official house band, the Tony Kornheiser Show. Notable because the band was the first official thing of any kind associated <laughs> true. with the program. But it is his World War II service to the country. As a member of the Tuskegee Airmen, that deserves our collective respect and appreciation. Happy birthday, Roy. And I concur wholeheartedly Absolutely. with that. He was great. He was a great man. He was a great hero. And he was great just to listen to. Yes. And we still play the music. We absolutely, and we always will. And I I believe I hear James on the line with us now. James, are you with us? I'm with with you. You had a great week. You were four and two. You won both the college bowl games and, and did, you know, split in the pros. So you are four and two, 32 and 38 overall, but a big week gets you real close to Mount 500. What do you have for us this week, James? I don't have much, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Betting right now is a fool's error. You have no idea who the hell's going to play Sunday. Right, None. right, right. One. And you don't even have a good idea who's going to play in these bowl games. But just in the holiday spirit, right? <laughs> uh, what's the over-under in the Saints-Dolphin game? Oh, uh, over under Saints Dolphins. Hold on, I've got. Uh, I would say it's low. I'm just going to take a guess that that's yeah, a I, low I, number. I, I, whatever I, it is, I'm going to say it's not low enough. So you're going to take the under, right? I think it's 38 and a half. Someone told me. I was going to say like yeah. 36, 37. You know, something low, and and I, you'll I, take the. I, under. I'm taking that, but it's a very low confidence pick. The Saints could have five people out on defense. Right. Right. Uh, I've got it. I've got it. At Thirty-eight and a half. Oh, the, take the under. All right, I'll take the under at that. And okay. I, that's you know that's going to post. But I I just think it's I just urge anybody who's betting this weekend to understand you don't know who in the hell is going. If, if they, even the game's going to go on Sunday, it's a remarkable thing because they tease you all the time. Well, if X has two negative tests in the next four minutes. He'll play, but oh. X doesn't play. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. They don't so. test you if you're vaccinated because they don't want to know. That, it's like exactly that. Right. I, I was listening to you and Robot's deal yesterday, and basically the NBA is playing G League games now. That's, it's a G, happy G League Christmas, <laughs> and they don't want to right. test that. You're right. They want to reclassify I don't, everybody. They don't want to know. No, if you're asymptomatic, just play, baby. <laughs> we don't want to know. Right. No. Right. right. I was rolling that. I mean, they're, they're a little bit. Of, uh, Trump didn't want tests because he thought he'd make him look bad. That was yeah. It, it, it's it's it, remarkable. The Commissioners want to test because he's afraid no. he's going to find out. Yeah, he doesn't. Nobody wants to test. They just want you to play. Yeah, just keep playing. <laughs> right. You know, just keep playing. Any, is that your one pick? Or are you making any others? I'm not, I'm just making one. And okay. Everybody, Merry Christmas. I come back, but I just I, I don't want to pick in this environment. Hopefully, this thing gets better fast. All right, we'll get you in the playoffs. We'll get you in the playoffs. Things will be better. Thank you, James. Happy holidays to the whole family. James Carville, boys and girls. Always a pleasure. It's simply a pleasure, James Carville. Even when we have to delete some of his words. A few. It's always a pleasure. So we will come back with Chuck Todd and with Reginald. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Michael Malgrandi. We have played his music before. This is called The Longest Night of the Year. Oh, got the Temptations bass line here, don't you? <laughs> yes, they do, don't they? Oh, took the Temptations bass line, Michael Malgrandi. Very good job. The Longest Night of the Year by Michael Malgrande. You can get his music everywhere. Nigel, if people like Michael want to send in their original music, and they do, how do they do it? You can send it to jingles at TonyCornheiserShow.com. That plays in Chuck Todd. Chuck had a real good week. He won last night with the Eagles, though he was probably sweating it at 0-10 early in the game. Uh, Went 5-2, is 51-53-1, and continuing his pattern of the last few years of reaching yeah. very close to Mount 500 late in the season as more knowledge becomes available. I'll get to your picks, but uh, there was an announcement from President Biden yesterday. I think that surprised me a little bit, uh, basically saying, eh, no problem, we're, we're in this thing for the long term and we know what we're doing. We're not shutting anything down. 
NHL, of course, shut things down. So <laughs> that's a little bit different. Were you surprised by the president's response uh, at all? And, and what does it mean generally for all of us? No, I wasn't surprised that he uh, wasn't going to be advocating shutdowns. I thought there was a chance he might uh, say more about masks uh, yeah. and, and go there. Um, look, everything that he and I actually think yesterday was his best COVID speech that he's given so far as president. All right. That's the good news. The bad news is, why did it take till December 21st for it? Um, you know, I if, if he did that kind of remarks every couple of weeks, I, I, I think there would be a perception he was at least trying to get ahead of COVID. It still feels like they're reacting to COVID, not trying to get ahead of COVID. And the testing thing, as good as that sounds, as somebody who's been scrambling for a lot of tests uh, recently, and there's an outbreak at my kid's school, um, they're not easy to come by. They're not inexpensive. All right, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm fine. I can right, afford right. them. But right. they're not easy to find, and they're, you know, 15 bucks a pop, you know, for two. And, and so, and I'm quite curious how, let's see, the mail is so reliable these days, and <laughs> you're going to request and hope to get these tests in the mail, and we've got 500 uh, million of them, which is not even, not even more than, you know, not even two per house, two per person. So it sounds good, but this is something that they've been behind on a lot, and I thought the one thing, you know, it's funny yesterday, he, he I thought, gave a really good speech, and then he made the mistake of taking questions. And when he was asked about um, why didn't they do this sooner, he goes, hey, we didn't see this coming. And you're like, no, uh, you can't. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Didn't see this coming? You know, we, this is, we're in the middle of a Delta surge when this hit up in the yeah. northern states. So, I, look, I think his speech had political reality streamed through it, meaning he knows there's no... There's no appetite for shutdowns. There's no appetite for that. Um, and, and, you know, at least he, he pushed a little bit on mandates and, and pushed on testing. So all this is fine if this thing burns itself out in six weeks, which, by the way, when you talk to some of the experts, that's what they think. That's the one upside of what's happening with Omicron is that there's a chance it's spreading so fast that it'll burn out as fast as it's spreading. But, you know, every time people think they're ahead of the virus, the virus wins. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. There's the old song mm -hmm. lyric, it's too hot, you know, not to cool down. But, you you know, when you say some experts say, there are other experts that say the opposite. Yeah. Because we don't know. You know, and, and, you know. and science, we all, I'm not going to go too far afield here, but we consider science to be physical, like a brick. Like when they tell you something, that's what it is. And it's a little yeah. disturbing when three weeks later, it's water. And it isn't that anymore. It's, you know, I mean, yeah. at my age, it's like, well, come on. Give me something to believe in here. And increasingly, I have less to believe in. I'm sorry they didn't, Biden didn't take the last question, which would have been, did you see what Chuck Todd did <laughs> last night to go five and two? All right, come well, on. You know, that... he, and he can't stand the monkey. He can't stand the monkey. <laughs> That's you know. true. You know, monkey I got beat. The monkey... And that German Shepherd didn't get along. They had an incident. I think that's why Commander's not there anymore. It had something to do with, with Reggie. So. All right, let's get to games. A couple of these lines surprised me. A couple have been changed, but in a very minor way. The first game we're giving you is the 49ers are at Tennessee. The 49ers are minus three and a half. Three weeks ago, there's no way the 49ers would have been anything but plus three. There's no way. Tennessee has shown itself to be not as good, in fact, without Derrick Henry as you'd like him to be because Derrick Henry is an MVP player. And Jimmy Garoppolo, when he stays on the field, is a winning quarterback. A little surprising line for me. If you like the 49ers, Chuck, you give three and a half at Tennessee in what might be a must game for Tennessee. That's the issue. Must game for Tennessee yeah. this Thursday. San Francisco's traveling there. Yeah. Um, and I think is AJ Brown back or not? Don't know. I think yeah. I think that was that was a possibility. I think three and a half at home's a lot on a game that they have to do, um, meaning a half point too much. So yeah. I'm going to take the Titans um, and 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 sit there. But I, you know, it's interesting with the 49ers. Are they the Are they the second best team in the NFC? Uh, this is what we don't know. This is what we don't know. Um, because this is the most interesting year of all, because everybody takes one step forward and then one step back. We move to another There's game. There's really only been one team that's been consistent. Green Bay. It's really been Green Bay. Yeah. Green right. Bay's been consistent team. Um, that's it. Indianapolis, and again, two weeks ago, there is no way 
Indianapolis <laughs> would be getting only one at Arizona. There's just no way. It would have been more than that because Arizona looked like an unbeatable team. They've lost a couple in a row now. This is a Saturday game, and Indy looked very good beating New England. And they go from indoors to indoors. Indy, if you like them, you get one. Your friend uh, Bill Simmons is calling uh, Kyler Murray Mr. October. Oh, is that right? Uh, so be, yeah. sadly we're in December, yeah. yeah. It, it, that's the problem. That's, yeah. that's good in baseball. That's bad in football. Yeah. Um, it does feel like there's a pattern here with him. Uh, is it late in the year? Is the little guy getting beaten up, right? Is it that? Or is it simply there's just a whole bunch of injuries? Look, late in the year, injured teams, give me Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Right? Feels like the later in the year, the teams that can run the ball become even a little bit better. I agree um, with that. I agree with that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, give me the Colts. Did Carson Wentz throw – who threw more passes, Carson Wentz or Mac Jones, two weeks ago against Buffalo? Carson Wentz, but by about three. You know, yeah. not many. Yeah. I mean, they don't want Carson Wentz to beat them. They don't want him Here's beating his own thing. team. Yeah. You want Frank Wright or you want um, the Cardinals coach? Kingsbury? I thought Kingsbury was real good when they were winning, so who knows? I don't know. Uh, here's another line, a line that is very surprising to me. And three weeks ago, this line, it, there's no chance on earth, three weeks ago, Baltimore at Cincinnati, that Baltimore would be getting points. There's no chance three weeks ago. Baltimore has lost three in a row by a total of four points, and they've lost them on coaching decisions. And I'm not even knocking the coaching decisions, but they've lost them on coaching decisions. Twice going for two-point conversions when they could have tied and gone to overtime. Cincinnati uh, wins a few, loses a few. It's in the same division. If Baltimore has any chance of getting in the playoffs, they have to win this, and they're getting two and a half, though I don't know the status of Lamar Jackson. What will you do? Does that matter? I don't know. I mean, this kid, Hundley. Hundley was I mean, fine. May... Hundley was if in position does... to win. Yep. Yeah, if he does this again, he's going to get himself a free agent contract. Yeah, or more more teams have to figure out that you you got to be too deep at quarterback. I mean, you know, if the Ravens make the playoffs, it's because they have a they have a backup that isn't you know That's isn't right. throwing up on himself. Mm -hmm. uh, give me the interdivision, and uh, you know, our, this they they have to win this, and the Ravens don't they always wiggle their way into the playoffs? They certainly do. And this is this is we're two weeks, you know. So uh, I'm give me the Ravens and the points. Okay. Buffalo, which looked like a world beater five weeks ago and does not anymore, is at New England. When New England was at Buffalo, New England ran the ball down their throats and won the game. Buffalo then dropped another game, I believe. Buffalo is plus two and a half at New England, and the question is, even if that is attractive to you, is New England in the heads of the Buffalo Bills, which is it's sort of a psychological bet on this one. Who are you taking? Yeah, I... I... I don't. I don't want to be here, but I think I'm going to take the Patriots. I just. I think the Bills are done. Um, I hope they're not. I hope they win this game. But there's. I think you're right. I think the Patriots own them, and, and I just. I, I. I don't see. Buffalo's problem is they can't run the ball, and and their offensive line isn't that great, and. I, you know, I think all these guys, these quarterbacks, as they get, if they're getting a lot of hits, like Kyler Murray. So, I, I think that's a fundamentally flawed team. So, give me the Patriots. And by the way, it will not surprise anybody if Mac Jones throws thirty times in this one because Belichick looks at the Bills oh. and decides we're going a different way this time. <laughs> and he'll he's, throw for four hundred yards. It'll play yeah, for and he, he's, yards, right? He's, it'll be something like that. Yeah. Belichick's better than the other guy, and you, for for the other guy, you can put anybody's name in there. It doesn't matter. I'm not insulting the other guy. Belichick's Maybe better Jimmy than the other Johnson, guy. Right? Maybe I, Jimmy Johnson in his prime. Right. right. you got to go back a long way. Here's yeah. a game that we've got for you that I don't care about at all. Nobody in America cares about Denver and Las Vegas. They're, just, they're irrelevant teams this year right now. This is Denver, one of the greatest AF, AFC rivalries of all time. That people used Raiders to look Broncos. forward to. Broncos, Raiders, December. Yeah, you know, especially if it were in in Denver. In Denver see the with the snow, snow flurries. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not now. But you don't care. Yeah. No, Denver at Vegas. Denver getting one. Teddy Bridgewater not playing. Um, uh, Vegas. Vegas came back. Vegas looked very good coming back to beat Cleveland the other day. I can't get myself to care about this. Who you like? Yeah, I guess you got to give some kudos to this uh, temporary coach because the Raiders. How many times have we done this pick 
and and either you or I said, oh, they're going to fall on their face. They're going to gas. Right. They're That's giving right. up. That's they don't right. give up. No. Give them that. They don't give up. Um, I don't bet the Broncos correctly, I feel like, in any of these, no matter what you do. All you know, you do know one thing in a Broncos game. It's going to be ugly and low scoring. Yes. Um, give me the Raiders at home, I guess. It's a coin flip. And I'm with you. You're right. It's probably not that watchable. There is a statistic on uh, Derek Carr that he has more, since he joined the league, he has more fourth-quarter comebacks than any quarterback in the league. Any quarterback. Really? You know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Yeah, any quarterback. He's got the most. He's got 28 or something like that. So at the other day, give you another game. Hmm? I think zero would be the correct answer on that. Yeah, I think that's right. Here's the team of your youth, the Miami Dolphins, who I think have won 43 games in a row and nobody can name five (laughs) players on their team. They are at New Orleans. New Orleans coming off an enormous shutout victory over Tampa Bay. Miami seriously has won six or seven in a row, and they're plus three. They're plus three. What do you got? I don't get this either. I I, I don't get this either. I love the Dolphins here. Right after the Saints... You know, who inexplicably, I guess, owned Tom Brady. I mean, they who do. knew? 4-0 in regular season. Imagine, I guess, if Eli Manning were the quarterback of the Saints. That's about the only other thing that would be the kryptonite to Brady, I guess. Yeah. Um, even the Dolphins, you know, it's funny you say you can't name a, name a team, you know. I the, They're one of the best. I'm with you. One of the best Dol- Super, one of the better Super Bowl teams the Dolphins had had the infamous no-name no name. defense. No-name defense. Um, and you're right. I mean, there's there's really, there's Tua. Uh, I think there's Waddle. And then, uh, you know, then they were picking up guys off practice squad to run yeah. the football. And, and yeah. they somehow... Uh, somehow so that guy that. must be a good coach. Brian Flores must be a good That's coach. Cool. I think he is. I mean, must look be. at what he did. That team was 1-7. Yeah. They were done. People were questioning uh, Tua. Was that a mistake? They could have drafted Herbert. There were all these articles down there about why didn't they draft Herbert? Why did they take Tua? Well, not so bad now. Not so bad. One last game. Washington in a very quick turnaround is at Dallas. Dallas beat Washington the other day. I assume that the quarterback situation will go back to Heineke by Sunday, although I don't know. I'm a doctor, but not that kind of doctor. It's an enormous number. Ten and a half is an enormous number in a divisional game. You know, I mean, if you want to talk about rivalries, Washington-Dallas is near the top of the heap. Will you take the ten and a half, or will you take the better team? I think they're going to be gassed. I I give Rivera credit. I mean, these games are always close. They're always competitive. They're never quite very pretty, Um, but, but but they hang around. I just think the gig is up. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they keep this up, uh, the football team. So uh, I'll go with the Cowboys and the big number here um, on the on the quote on the theory of the both the short week and yeah, and that this this is the end of the year and that law and losing. I mean, they're out of it now, right? I don't yes. think there's a. I mean, are they officially eliminated, or is there? Like no, they're not officially play? eliminated, but yeah. they need help. They need a lot of help yeah, now, even if they, they close this out at nine and eight. I think Let they need a lot of help. Yeah. If they had a, if they had, uh, you know, a really good quarterback, or even Minshew, and I say this, maybe he's good enough. Is is this team a playoff team? I think it is. Um, I also think that Heineke, <clears throat> you know, at his best, can get them into the playoffs. The disappointment has been. The defense, like last night, um, Philadelphia ran right through them. But the, yes, but they, they were missing, you know, they're missing 20 people. You know, it, it's, it's very hard to win on the road missing all your guys and having mm-hmm. people thrown in there in the last minute, even if you get somebody back like Sweat. You know, it's, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. So uh, I think I might take the 10 and a half, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk to you next week if we can. Yeah, are big. we doing another one? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna try. We'll try. I mean, we'll try. Yeah, I mean, whatever it takes to get to five hundred. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a chance this week. It. Another well, five and two gets you. The, the season's another five, six weeks long, right? The way it's going. Yeah, you got a lot of time. Got a lot of time. Yeah, it's just the number of games ready. goes down at some point. All right, have yeah. a good holiday. We'll talk to you, Chuck right, Todd, guys. boys and girls. Watch him on Meet the Press, and if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough. But, of course, we give you more. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bikes, bye, too. Sometimes he throws boo, boo, boo. 
pennies had too much. Johnny Walker Blue. Reginald got bageled. Yes. He was 0-3. That's his worst week. Bad total monkey. bagel. He's now 22-23. and 23. So only Jeff Ma among humans and apes <laughs> is above 500 at the moment. But Matt, 500 within, very much within his grasp. Yes, he's 22 and 23. Sure. Yes. So what, what is he picking? So I went down to uh, the National Zoo, as I enjoy doing, and uh, very festive down there with the holidays uh, in yeah. full, full gear. And they were recreating the manger scene in front of his cage. With monkeys. Well, no, not with monkeys. No. Um, he was playing one of the three wise men. Okay. He said, well, he's a monkey. But alongside Harvey Keitel and Ray Liotta, there the other go. two wise men, uh, Jonah Hill and Uma Thurman playing Joseph and Mary. Right. Who, would, who would not cast them? <laughs> <laughs> Who would not cast Jonah Hill and Uma Thurman? Exactly. Gilbert Gottfried as the baby Jesus. Yes. And Brian Cox playing the innkeeper who would not let them stay there. That's good. So they took a break from that for Reginald to come and pick the games with us. And uh, the first one we gave him was San Francisco giving three and a half at Tennessee. And he showed me a very old photograph of him at a poetry reading at City Lights with Lawrence Ferlinghetti, Allen Ginsberg, and Willie McCovey, who I guess was... What was he doing there? I guess he, he had some poetry he wanted to get out to the people. That's good. So clearly he's got That's ties it. to San Francisco. He will take the Niners and lay the three and a half. Okay. The next match we gave him was Arizona at home giving one to Indy. Indianapolis, and this is, I, I believe, very recently showed me a, a video of him playing golf at, I think it's TPC Scottsdale. Yes. Is that a nice club? Uh, it's not as nice as Wilbon's, which is Scottsdale National. It's well, not as nice as that. Wilbon was there with him alongside Larry Fitzgerald and Dan Marley. Clearly strong ties to the feet, you know, the Arizona area. He will take the Cardinals and lay the That's one. That's a must game for Arizona. Absolutely Total is. Must and like you said, three weeks ago? No. No, <laughs> no chance that line no. is like that. No. Uh, and this last match, and this is a little perplexing. I, I was surprised he did this, but uh, he showed me a, um, a photograph of him uh, caroling with Clint Didier, Otis Swansley, and Joe Jacoby. Beautiful singing voices, all three of them. So he will take the ten and a half. He will take the ten and a half. I was a bit surprised at that. Ten and a half is a big number. It's a, it's a lot big of points. Number. All right, we will take a break. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Fabulous. Missouri marching band. Always love that. Nigel, a Bethesda bagel ad for us? Bethesda bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. By the way, um, the guy who, whatever his name was, Gibby Gilbert for Washington, he played fine. He played okay. Yeah, he played fine. He produced some scores. They yeah. Got, they got oh, they had a 10 nothing lead, you know? Yeah. All nice right. Song. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, and let me say this. This is the best Christmas, the two greatest Christmas songs of all time. Or this song by John Lennon and Mel Torme's Christmas song. They're the two greatest of all time. So this is Christmas, and what have you done? Another year over. <coughs> Excuse me, a new one just begun. And so this is Christmas. I hope you have fun. The near and the dear one, the old and the young. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. Sadly, there will be fear. There will be fear of Omicron and whatever comes after Omicron. But thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Booger McFarland, James Carville, Jeff Ma, host of Bet the Process. Thanks to our sponsor today, Simply Safe. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I wanted to read this from Jolene Wojcik, which we got last week. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of the gang. 2021 feels like it moved at hyperspeed, but maybe that's because 2020 seemed to last forever. It's been great having your show as a staple to count on to bring some lightheartedness to the day, and for that, the littles are grateful. What I don't usually expect from your show, though, is to get choked up, and that's exactly what you've done. It started with Mitch Album, which I, like many others, have saved. We can return to it again and again as we deal with the grief of losing those we love. Mitch was not the only amazing one in that interview. You were fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Next was, was your reading of Betsy Jaffe's email about her long-lost friend reaching out to her after hearing the Mitch Album interview. We could tell in your voice that the email resonated with you and really with all of the listeners. Then it was Sean Urban's email about losing his mother. And before reading again, you told us straight out, this one is going to make me cry. <laughs> and even reading this does that too. Um, I've written to you before about losing my dad and how difficult it has been. The holidays are especially hard, but this year will be different. But good different, because it will be the first Christmas for Charlotte Victoria, my granddaughter, and our holidays will be changed forever. 
She may not be as spoiled as Bootsy or the Hammer. She may be, though. <laughs> she will certainly be the center of our attention. When I first witnessed our child holding, feeding, caring for their child, felt an overwhelming amount of joy that this person, who was once a tiny human under our care, is now raising the next generation. I'm sure it's how you feel about Michael. It's very lovely. So Merry Christmas, Grandpa, from a very grateful and new grandma. Blessings, Jolene. Very, very nice. Thank it's you. Lovely. And a picture. And for those of you wondering about DG, uh, glad to hear Dr. Rubin gave you a good report. I did that whole McGilla this summer. Got me up to 126 on a heart rate. Said I'm good. Regards, DG. <laughs> Thanks, Gotta DG. love that. <laughs> Sylvester Bush in Chicago. Recently, I celebrated my brother's birthday with dinner at the renowned Chicago Cut Steakhouse. I was the last arrival, and the party of four was already seated. I checked in with the maitre d' and I gave the last name of Bush. He gives me a quizzical look as if to say this ain't Texas. That name doesn't carry any weight here. I then remembered the name of my brother's friend who made the reservation. Her first name, Brittany. Her last name, a little thing we like to call Wilbon. And that's, that's Wilbon's niece, you know, <laughs> yes. Brittany, who played uh, lacrosse, I believe, at Northwestern. As soon as I dropped that little jewel, the house manager said, oh, that name we know. <laughs> right this way, sir. We then proceeded to glide across uh. the dining room floor, all of Ben Bradley, to one of the best tables in the house, right on the Chicago River. The only thing missing was a bottle of champagne from Bobby Vinton. When it comes to Ditka, <laughs> Oprah, or Jordan getting that proverbial last table in a Windy City restaurant, it might all rest on which legend? Drops the old Will Bond name. Mike will be happy to know that. <laughs> That's fantastic. From James in Charlottesville. Purple's my favorite color. I got a closet and some drawers full of it. So tell MP and Powden to eat it. As a side note, Saliza can go pound sand. It's as close as he's ever getting to the Hall of Fame. From Stephen Lombardo in New Orleans. Back in pre-pandemic January 2020, my wife and I traveled to Key West. At a small restaurant and club, we listened to a sibling trio performing under the moniker A Girl Named Tom. We were instantly captivated by the group, and after the show, I encouraged them to send in music to your podcast, as you like to feature independent and upcoming artists. They sent Nigel a song, which you played on the show. A Facebook post sent out by the band the next day expressed how thrilled they were to have been featured on the podcast. Well, that group, a girl named Tom, made it to the finals of The Voice, and that was aired on December 13th. I don't know if they won or not. Although I'm sure that their success is entirely due to their hard work and God-given talent, I like to think that back in early 2020, your show maybe gave them a small nudge or boost of confidence that any artist might need from time to time. Please keep featuring bands like this on your show. We do. They were the winner. They won? Girl Named Tom won? That's what I'm, uh, yeah, Girl Named Tom is the winner of The Voice. How about that? So, <laughs> would they, do you think that they would send us some music? Well, I'll reach out. That's fantastic. So we, we played them early on. Yeah, we were there first. We're like the, the Cavern Club for the Beatles. How great. All right, it's this one from Jay Dibley. Listening to your show the other day, you mentioned you went to see your cardiologist. Me too. There's only one difference. Mine threw me out of his office angrily. Here's the story. We're both avid golfers. Some good shots, some bad shots, but mostly in between shots. So after the exam and talk about baby aspirin's pro and cons, the conversation turned to golf. I asked him what his best round was this year. He said 93 at Lighthouse Sound, down by you in Delaware. Hard course. Hard okay. course. Yeah, very hard. Nice course, he writes. Then he asked me mine. I said, I finally shot my age. He looks at my chart and told me to get out of his office. Don't talk to him for another six months. I'm 77. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to you and Michael for keeping me and my grandson in laughter and smiles all these many years. Danny and his wife, Clara, will bless me with a great-grandchild this spring. If you're out on your bikes tonight, please wear white because you never know where Mr. Tony will be. And there's a certain amount of truth in that. <laughs> and true. one other thing. Uh, cardiolo well, we'll do a couple of, yeah, one cardiologist, one more. From Kenny Ray in Fort Walton Beach in Florida. Your cardiologist took a sonar of your heart? A sonar? <laughs> what did he say? Give me one ping. <laughs> one ping only. Did he graduate from the Merchant Marine School of Heart Doctors? If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear what? And now I'm out of time. I'll try to do better next time. <laughs>
I didn't mind. 